Hello and welcome to Regrade Request, where two college professors take a second look at questions from around the internet and from you, the listener. My name is Professor Mark Sheriff, and I'm riding solo today. Professor Will McBurney could not be with us today. Summer teaching has just been something else right now. He's teaching a, another section of his intro to Java class and wish him the best as always. So we're going to try something a little different. What about a little mini episode where I walk you through just one question? So if this is something that you think you will you'll like at the end of it, you don't like, please reach out to us and let us know. You can reach us at hosts at regraderequest.com. We would love to have your feedback about everything that we've been doing with the program so far. So one question today, just me. A little mini episode. Let's get to it. And the question today is one that Will and I get basically every semester um, from computer science students who want to talk to other people about getting into computer science or getting into programming. And that question is, what programming language should I learn? And if you're someone who has been programming for a long time, you know that programming, uh, learning to program in one language basically prepares you for programming in many other languages because in many cases, what you're learning how to do is learning the structure of thinking about programming and then you're going in there and picking up the actual syntax and, and semantics of a language. But let's say you're talking to someone who, who's come to you and said, hey, Maybe this is you. Maybe you're you're not necessarily a programmer. You're listening to this show. And you think, hey, I'm interested in learning how to program. Where should I start? Well, let's start by thinking about, well, why do you want to learn to program? I mean, I think everyone should learn to program a little something. I think that that, that computational thinking that you get from learning how to program is applicable in so many different ways. But let's say you're actually wanting to sit down and program something. What, what, what's your motivation? Is this a new hobby? Is this something you want to just kind of pick up and just toy with, just do something fun with? Maybe you're interested in making a small game. Maybe you have a small need. Maybe you have some, I don't know, some form of structured data that you want to do something with. Some, some uh, comma-separated files, maybe some GPS data, maybe a list of all of the movies that you have in a library and you want to do something interesting with it. Maybe you want to start a new career and you're thinking, hey, I, 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 I think programming is neat. I haven't really done a ton in it, but what program should I, what programming language should I learn to break into the industry? Or maybe you're a high school student or a college student, you're coming back to school and you're, and you're gonna take a programming class. What should you do to get ready? Well, here's a quick little story. How did I learn to program? Back when I was in high school, my English teacher had this reward system where you could sign a contract with her to agree to not watch TV for a month. And in exchange for not watching TV for a month, and this was all on your honor, and I was, I was trying to be an upstanding citizen about it, if you signed this contract, she would drop your lowest quiz grade. Now, 
I thought this sounded great. I thought I would do it, but I double checked with her. What if I was trying to do something academic during that time? What if I learned how to program? I wasn't going to watch TV, but I was still going to be in front of a screen. And she said that was okay. So that's how I spent that month as I sat down at our, gosh, I don't know, a, a 486 machine, I guess. It was a pretty old machine at the time and started to learn how to program C++. Now, why was I learning to program C++? Well, that was what was available. That was the book that I had. And I couldn't watch TV. So I had to pick something. And this is what I picked. Now, do I remember anything else about that experience? No, not really. Other than I'd sit down, do an exercise in the book, and then not do anything else. When did I really start to learn to program? Well, when I got to college... The first few programs I learned also were in C++, and it wasn't terribly exciting to do those either. But then I distinctly remember that we did the Myers-Briggs test. You, you know this, I-N-T-J-E-S-F-P, where it, it comes up with a four, four letters that provide some sort of information about your personality. And I wrote a simple program that basically did the Myers-Briggs test. I took the Myers-Briggs questions and made a little program out of it. And I thought, oh, this is kind of neat. No one's ever going to use this, but, you know, it's it's here. I mean, it was a command line program. No one would care about it. Then we had to program checkers. Ah, now we're making a game. And then for some reason, I decided that my project that semester was going to be building Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I thought was that was really when it had first come out and it was a thing. Now, why does this matter? Well, take my first example. I didn't learn to program that I had all the time in the world. I wasn't watching TV. So I had all the time in the world to learn to program, but I was just following a book. I was just going through the exercises it gave me. It was when I had a project that I was interested in that it actually started to push me forward. Think about it like this. Think about it, another another skill you might learn, another hobby-like skill, um, like woodworking. I don't work with wood. My father does. My brother does. But it, it, I think this example holds. You don't necessarily say, I'm interested in learning to do woodworking. And then you just pick up a piece of wood and then start chiseling it, I sanding it. I don't know. You don't just, I'm going to practice my sanding. I'm going to practice uh, hammering it to things. No, you go in and you say, I'm going to build a birdhouse. You go in with a project. You go in with an idea. You go in with something that you're actually interested in doing. So the most important thing I can say about learning to program is not necessarily the language. It's think about what it is you're trying to do. Think about the project that you're excited about. Think about the reason that you want to go into it because you're way more likely to be successful if you are going in with a goal. Now, even if you don't meet that goal, the goal is what's going to help move you forward. So that's the most important thing. Second most important thing is remember that programming is all about breaking down larger problems into smaller problems and then solving the smaller problems. You're not going to go into programming and think, I'm going to build Halo Infinite because lots of people are actually still working on that and I'll just beat them to it and make lots of money. No. That's not how that works. You're going to go in and think, I'm going to make this little turtle jump from the ground to this platform. Great. That's a good goal. Now let's break it down even smaller. How do I put the turtle on the screen? Smaller goals. Smaller goals. So 
what language should you learn? Okay, let's say you've picked out a project, you picked out kind of what you want to do. And let's say you are in that area of, I just want to make a simple game. I just want to do something simple, neat, cool, just to, just to toy around with it. There are tons of free things out there or, or relatively cheap things out there that you can go in and make very simple games. Scratch is a what we would call a block-based language. And a block-based language is, is effectively like taking Lego blocks that do things and snapping them together in a particular order to make something else happen. Scratch is has been around for many years. It's now hosted at MIT, scratch.mit.edu. I'll put the link in the show notes. And there's tons of examples, tons of example games. And it's a great way to just start to get the idea of what it means to create instructions to to create methods or functions, to create loops, to create some sort of you know programmatic structure that something happens on the screen. And we start with Scratch all the time with novice programmers, particularly if we're thinking about um, just getting kids interested in technology. We'll use it elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. We, I mean, there are still college classes that that do sometimes use Scratch. There's nothing wrong with that. If you have an iPad, the Swift Playgrounds app is another app that is just on the iPad. You can download it for free from the from the app, from the App Store, and it lets you write very simple programs in Swift, and it guides you the whole way to make this little monster thing kind of walk around a level and pick up gems, and it's very cute. And it's a, it's a again a nice way of thinking about instruction and programmatic thinking and that sort of thing. Let's say you really want to do games. Well, there's a game called Human Resource Machine. Uh, you can find it on Steam. You can find it on mobile. And <laughs> it is it couches um, a mailroom and other kind of mundane tasks at this faceless organization as programming tasks that you then write little programs to solve the game. And you, there's other games like this. That's That's probably my favorite one. If you have a Nintendo Switch and you happen to want to download the Game Builder Garage, that's another great example of just a simple way of, of toying around with a block-based language to build something simple. Or even the Labo, Labo, however you say it. If you have a Labo, the, the Labo uh, Builder System Lab... I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but you can go in there and you can also do very similar things. So if you just want to tool around with something free, something simple, want to make something just kind of interesting, neat, look for something like a block-based language. Great place to start. Okay. And you say, Sheriff, Professor Sheriff. Most people just call me Sheriff. Sheriff, that's great. That's not what I want. I want the actual typey typies. I want to write code. I want to look like a hacker. I want to do something neat, cool, big. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Let's do that. What are you still looking about building? Right? It's still back to the project. What are you trying to build? What are you excited about making? Are you making something just for the sake of making something? Okay. You might just you might just burn out on that. It's like, ah, there's something on Netflix. I'm not going to work on this anymore. But is there a website that you really want to build? Is there a mobile app that you really want to build? Is there a small game you really want to build? Anything, anything that's going to keep you motivated. Okay. So the thing that you choose 
does govern the language that you might want to use. Because some languages are just better at certain tasks. Well, you say, oh, but... I mean, I, I want to build a website, but but I, I understand that I really should be learning C because C is the most popular language in the world. I'll get to that in a second. C is the most popular language in the world. I really need to, to learn that, but I just want to build a website. Yeah, okay, great. Build a website. Who cares about C? The last time I programmed in C, it was a different millennia, and I haven't touched it since, and there's no need for me to ever touch it because that's not the sort of programming I do. I do websites. I enjoy building websites. And so I use languages like Python and PHP and HTML and CSS. Those are what I use for building a website. And there's tons of people out there who need those people, who need people with those skills. Note I didn't say JavaScript. I'm actually not the best JavaScript developer. I need to get better at JavaScript because I recognize that as a hole in my, in my game plan, so to speak. Let's say you want to build a mobile app. Well, let's say you have an Android phone. If you have an Android phone, well, perfect. The, um, the Android Studio development um, integrated Development Environment, IDE, if you Google Android Studio, I'll put a link in the show notes, is free. It will let you build an app. It'll let you push it to your phone, pay 25 bucks, and you can push it to the Google to the Google Play Store if you want. 25 bucks is good forever. It's a one-time fee to start pushing apps to the Google App Store. And if that's what you're going to do, you're going to want to learn Java or a language called Kotlin. Both of those are native languages for building for Android apps. Great languages to learn. Java is applicable to everything. Kotlin is inter, is um, works with all of existing Java libraries. So if you want to be you know cool, hip, cutting edge, you could go Kotlin, Java. There's a lot of Java out there in the world. Let's say you want to do gaming. Well. I would suggest potentially either looking at JavaScript and trying to build a, a simple web-based game, or if you want something a little more heavy-hitting, you could. This is a little higher difficulty curve, mind you, but you could download the um, intro version of Unity, Unity 3D, and it uses C Sharp. So that's another option. So because of the domain of the thing you're interested in, that's going to potentially drive the language you want to learn. Is that bad? No, it's not. Because once you have figured out basically how a programming language works, it is much easier to translate those skills to another language. Sheriff, Sheriff, no, I need to be marketable. You have to tell me what is the most popular language out there that I should be learning right now to be in industry. Okay, okay, fine. There's this thing called the TOB index, T-I-O-B-E. I think it's pronounced TOB. It's put together by a software quality firm called non-shockingly TOB. And they look at what languages are most searched for on Google, um, what languages are most used on, I believe also on in open source repositories like GitHub. And I mean, for almost as long as they've done this, the top three languages have been C, Java, and Python. C, Java, and Python. So if you really want to be marketable, you could start by looking at those. Now, why would you learn one of those three as opposed to the other? Well, C 
is a language that works really well for embedded systems. So software that's going to run in a chip, like in like a microwave or a Wi-Fi router or, um, you know, some sort of device often is going to be using C. It's a very flexible language. It's intended to get let you get really down deep into it and really optimize things. So that's why it's used for things like operating systems, things like Microsoft Windows. Most of that is probably written in C. Would I ever suggest a new programmer learning C? No. I don't think I would ever suggest a new programmer start with C. I mean, there are certainly places that do start novice programmers with C, but I, I think the learning curve there is a little too high. So then we have Java and Python. Java is a very good language to learn if you're ever going to go into, let's call it enterprise software development, just like software that runs the world, okay? Just the software that you will never touch, but things that manage your life, probably. <laughs> things, you know, running at banks, things that are running at UPS or the post office or, you know, just the software that is in the world. Java runs a lot of it. And Java is a very good language for doing a lot of that stuff. It, it can interface with the web very easily. You can use it to do user interfaces. You probably have seen Java on many different many different applications. Now, Java is good if you're going to go into software development because it can teach you a lot about the good about structures of programs. If, however, you are learning programming and you don't plan on being a you know, software developer, let's say you are a physicist, let's say you are a chemist, let's say you are let's say you're in the fine arts. And you're, you're looking, you have a data set and you just want to, to parse through the data set. You want to do something interesting with the data. You're trying to gather more information about it. You're just trying to take it and convert it to another form. Kind of your everyday, just, I need to write a program that just does a thing to take care of this one problem. And then I'll probably never use it again. You know, that sort of kind of scripting programming. Python is very good for that. Python is also very good if you're going to be doing data science-y sort of things. Python is also very good if you're going to be building interesting web applications. I would probably suggest using Python over Java if you're going to start with that. The other reason I think Java and Python show up on this list so highly is that they are very often the first two languages taught in most computer science departments. So a lot of people are searching for it and searching for answers for things. So you have to keep that in mind. So after C, Java, and Python, what languages show up? Well, you see languages like C++, like C Sharp, like um, Visual Basic still is on the list, believe it or not, JavaScript, PHP, Assembly of all things, SQL, R. Yes, we have lots of single letter names. R is very good if you're doing some data analysis. And then you start getting down to the interesting ones like Ruby or um, Swift is actually far further down. Swift is what you would learn if you wanted to do iOS development or, or um, Mac development. So I would suggest JavaScript, even though JavaScript is a little bit further down on the list in the TOB index versus some of these other languages, because uh I believe from what I've seen, JavaScript is still one of the most in-demand languages because JavaScript does run a lot of the more interesting websites around the internet and also can be used for a host of other things. I'm not 
convinced JavaScript is the most elegant language to learn or use, says the person who does not use it. But um, it is still a good one to be out there. And also, it's also nice to pick up some HTML um, if you ever want to look at the innards of a web page to see what's going on. All right, let's review. I want to learn to program. I want to learn program. What should the programming language be that I start with? If your goal is to just tinker around, I just want to do something cool. I just want to mess around. What's this programming thing all about? Sheriff, what is, what, what can I possibly do with this? Go pick a block-based language. Pick up Scratch. Look at the Swift Playgrounds if you have an iOS uh, device, like an iPad, or even, I think it's on the Mac as well. If you have a, a Nintendo Switch, pick up the Game Builder Garage and just you play with it. See what you think about it. Then you say, okay, I want to move on to something a little bit heavier hitting. I, I want to do something, something more exciting. It comes down to what do you want that first project to be? Are you excited about building yourself a new, uh, building yourself a web presence? Are you excited about, hey, I just want to make, I really, the idea of moving code from my laptop onto my phone. And even if it's just a button that you press that just emails yourself for a reminder, that was a program I wrote at one point. Now it's kind of like built into my iOS, but that it was a program I wrote at one point. I was very excited when I did it because it was really easy for me to send myself a quick note. So I could just hit a button and just type a couple words and hit go and it filled in all the email stuff for me. I thought that was so cool. To do that, I had to learn a little Swift. That was great. That's what it worked for me. If you're interested in building an app, great. If you have an Android device, I suggest Java or Kotlin. If you have an iOS device, probably Swift. Again, this is still, you're picking up a new language in order to learn the basics of programming. That's kind of where you want to go. You're going to build a website, HTML, maybe Python, if you want to do something that's a little bit more, quote unquote, programmy, because HTML is a markup language, but Python, you actually do some stuff with. And um, if you're thinking about, hey, I'm doing a career change, I want to pick up a new language for that. Well, JavaScript is very popular right now. JavaScript, there, there's a lot of JavaScript jobs that are they're definitely available. So that's one you certainly want to look at. If you're interested in working with hardware, C. If you're interested in working with the web, Python, JavaScript, both good options. If you're interested in working in like just software, just kind of quotes, big hand wavy, just the world of software, it's hard to go wrong with Java. Although, you know, trying to figure out what sort of project you want to play with to pick that up, that's kind of up to you. I did leave one group out. Hey, you're going to go to school. Hey, you want to pick up a new, you want to pick up that language. You want to be ready for day one when you get to school. Here's my suggestion to you. Don't just enjoy your summer. Just enjoy the summer. Thanks for hanging out with me for this little bit of time. We'll be back next week with Professor McBurney. If you haven't had a chance yet to subscribe to the podcast, please do so on the podcast service of your choice. We would love for you to leave us a review. We'd love for you to send us an email hosts at regraderequest.com or mark at regraderequest.com or will at regraderequest.com. They'll all get to us. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think about the show. Thanks again. I appreciate you spending this most valuable resource with me. Minutes of your life. Take care, everyone. And remember, watch your falling goats. See you next time. Bye. Bye.